The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Time to play with pain, where sports and inaccuracy collide. Now, here's your host, veteran sportscaster, and the voice of the International Speed Fishing Championships, Jet Waterhouse. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. My guest today, Chicago native, hilarious comedian, and the only man to host a double negative titled podcast, Never Not Funny, Jimmy Pardo. Hello, Chet. Oh, brother, hang on, Jimmy. Before you dive in, I got to hit you with a Waterhouse update brought to you this week by Cluster Tuck. Tuck in even the most difficult shirts in one smooth move with Cluster Tuck. Playoff pandemonium in the NBA. You've been keeping up with us, Jimmy. Cleveland crushes the Pacers by over three points. Now who's going to stop them? No one. Injury ravaged Boston beats the Milwaukee Bucks with only three starters and those two guys from the Boondock Saints. Houston wins when Chris Paul bursts from James Harden's beard for a monster dunk. And Russell Westbrook finally hit the game winner three days after the Thunder was eliminated. Hockey! Nashville wins on a goal in double OT when up in the stands, the Tennessee Titans offensive line drinks beer from a catfish and makes three of the Winnipeg Jets puke. Only the last part of that was false. Playoff Pandemonium brought to you by Pandemodium. Get rid of your diarrhea in one chaotic blast with Pandemodium. NFL Draft Jim. Baker Mayfield selected number one overall, ran out, promptly planted an OU flag in Sam Darnold's skull. NASCAR Joey Logano wins the Geico 500 by simply having the fewest accident claims. I didn't know that was possible. And finally, America's pastime. Now not eating a sleeve of Oreos. Baseball. Baltimore already 12 and a half out. Maybe the first team ever mathematically eliminated by Mother's Day. That Waterhouse update brought to you by Bill Cosby Sweaters. 95% off everything at Bill Cosby Sweaters. Now it's talk time. Jimmy Pardo. How yes, you, hello. Buddy? Thank you for the update. You're welcome. I'm good. Now, the Orioles, what was it, 91, where they went 0-21? What year was that? They started rough. I don't remember that. But, yes, it was somewhere around the early 90s, late 80s, maybe 89. Can you? Now, this is not pop quiz time. That's not even pop quiz time. But, Chad, I have an early question. Yes. What was the team that uh, that the Orioles finally beat that year to break their 0 for? I'm going to say the uh, Kansas City Royals. No, I'm from Chicago. Chicago White Sox. Oh, brother, you're white. And now you're white. Are you White Sox fan? You're White Sox. I'm a White Sox fan. Yes, sir. South side of Chicago. That's correct. Lifelong. Like, yes. Went to high school there. The only time you really left there was that one year at the Academy of Arts and uh, That's exactly right. I left something. the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Or, no, I left Chicago to go to the... Can I get more of my headphones, Jet? Is that possible? Yeah, I, sure. Like we can get hear. more of the headphones. You get. You want different headphones? I'd like to hear more. Would you like the big cans that Vern Lundquist used to use? Or that sure. Chrissy Konamaki used to use? I don't know who that is. I don't know. Who, I you know, know these are, Chrissy Konamaki? These are peers of yours. Listen, Chrissy Konamaki. Chrissy Konamaki called... The uh, the demolition derby from Islip, New York, every year big uh, ABC uh, a big ABC event. Well, then I'm sure I know who it is. I just can't pull. Wide the, world uh, of sports, Christy Kanemaki. Ah, the agony. Yeah. The, and the yeah, the agony and the uh, wasn't the ecstasy, the thrill and the thrill yeah. and the victory, agony defeat, agony of defeat. That guy goes down, doesn't he, Chet? Man, he goes down hard. Yeah, 
He took one on the family jewels. Those are right, the uh, testicles. He took about 48 on the family jewels. That's back when they lined the, uh, they lined the ski jump with uh, lights, and he hit the last 48 of them right in a row. It was ridiculous. It was stupid. But he did it because you know why? Because he's from a country that has uh, absolutely uh, zero uh, ability to create any sort of income. Uh-oh. Oh, brother, are you just going to fly with me? I listened to zero what you just said. <laughs> this headphone situation has me. I don't know. Your producer, Gary Chet, I've been here seven minutes, has not smiled once. Didn't well, say, nice to see you. Nothing. No. no it's, well, no. It's, it's been hard. We had to find you in the building. You were lost in the building. This is like the maze from Tron, it, except I, a lot uh, less expensive. I, I was yeah. going to say opening credits to get smart. Either way. <laughs> One of those two. These are yeah. nice references. You're probably closer because uh, they use carpet that cu- cuts out in the uh, one-foot slabs. Yeah. So if you throw up, they can just pull up two slabs and boom, they don't have to replace the There's whole There's a carpet. lot of vomiting on site here? I, you know, I'm not sure because I don't use the Beverly Hills facility that often. I see. I use up in uh, Glendale where it's just a lot of Mexican food stains right. on the floor there. Uh-huh. So what happened at the Academy sent you back what, to Chicago? What do you want to know? What, <laughs> what happened? Yeah, you, now you came out here, right? I, to I, study at... Uh... I left Chicago to go to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in the, uh, at, at a certain date, and I did one year there. American Academy of the Dramatic Arts, you did one year. I did one year at the American mm-hmm. Academy of Dramatic Arts, yes, sir. And uh, what happened... Uh, it wasn't a good fit. What a good fit. It wasn't a good fit for them. I don't, I'm not so sure it was a good fit for me. I wasn't mature <laughs> enough to handle it. Was it like an act? You, did you, were you trying to get into acting? Oh, yeah. It was an acting school. It's, it, it was uh, it's right, dramatic arts. It's right in the title. Yeah, it, well, you know, sometimes they can throw you out. It's like Trump University. You know what the hell you're getting there. I know I'm getting so screwed. This, yes, <laughs> I, know I'm getting, I know what's happening there. So this was Academy of the American Dramatic Arts or something like that. Yeah, you're close. It's close. Not that, bad. Your head's in the game. I understand that. You're all about the the ball. A- absolutely. The, and, and, the listen, puck, the that, stick. Exactly. That the guess, club. That guest brought to you by Buckshot's. The deer-flavored tequila. So the acting thing did not... No, I'm not saying it didn't work. I got, I got some guest-starring roles on some situation comedies along the way. And... Well, that's pretty big after like a year. Uh, well, well I, I mean, and extending into what would be a career. I think my stand-up is what helped that more than anything. Really? I, really. I, so you went back to Chicago, you started working the clubs. Uh, it was advised by the head of the American Academy of Dramatic Arts that I go back to Chicago and pursue a, a career in stand-up comedy. Now, were there any swear words involved in that recommendation? Uh... I may have blocked those out. I'm going to say, I, I know it was, please don't come to my office. That was actually said. Again, please don't come to my office again. Was there a moment yeah. at the Academy of Dramatic American Arts? American Academy of Dramatic Arts. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, where, uh, where everybody just sort of agreed that maybe, including yourself, maybe this wasn't for you. I think so. I think. Was uh, there like a play or something that you were involved? Was it like Death of a Salesman and you just I went, did do a scene from Death of a Salesman. Wow. And I was told I needed to make it bigger, uh, which will be bigger. shocking to anybody that knows me. <laughs> that knows you. Yes. Bigger. I was. It was my first scene there, and I, I admittedly I was maybe a little, uh, a little cautious. Maybe they wanted double A batteries and a megaphone. How do you make Jimmy Pardo bigger? I uh, trust me. I was not. Uh, I was not good. Jen. So listen, 
Uh, I don't believe okay. that because then you got into into listen. It's hard because in stand up, stand up's all about listening, about uh, talking. Yeah, and acting's all about listening. When stand ups yeah. first try to act, you can see it on their face. They're going, "Oh, brother, yeah, I'm supposed to listen right here, and I didn't. I didn't. What's I, happening next? Right? <laughs> they don't know." You get that glassy-eyed I, thing. I know. Season one of Seinfeld. You see a lot of that. Yes, yes, yes. From Actually, from, from, from several of the actors. You think so? Others? Yeah, I think they really powered through that season. I think Michael Richards was uh, finding his balance there as well. All right. I think Jerry was. I even think uh, uh, Jason Alexander was uh, kind of – they were all trying to feel their way. Well, I think- And uh, a, a tip of the cap to, uh, to NBC for, uh, for hanging tough and knowing they had something right. there and knowing they had a demographic they now, could Now, do you know anybody into. ever worked over there? I know, uh, no, I, just, I, I, know, I, know, no? I, know, I know Jerry a little bit. Oh, you do? Yeah, that's about it. Jet, that's you and Jerry, uh, would you yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. around oh, the Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I covered a lot of the figure skating down at Rockefeller Center. I see. It was a closed circuit thing. I did it mostly mm-hmm. for the restaurant that's right there, but that's they nice. really appreciate it. I would imagine they would. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I did it for like uh, 100 bucks or something. That's not bad. You know, is that, now, is that one of your early gigs, like a way for you to get a couple that of bucks? That was my earliest gig, and, and that early gig plug brought to you by Old McDonald. Yeah, I still have a farm, so buy some friggin' bacon or something. Mm. Now, your favorite club back in Chicago. When you went back to work, where'd you start? Uh, uh, I started at a place in Merrillville, Indiana, a place called the uh, the uh, Comedy Cottage. The Comedy Cottage down the street from the Circle Star Theater. Uh, Holiday Star. Holiday. Oh, it's Holiday Star. Yeah, it actually was not. It was connected to the same resort. Wow. In fact, uh, sometimes a Sam Kinison. And a, Get out. a George uh, Carlin would do the show at the big theater and then come and watch our show. Slide over. Yeah. That's comic And for then you. you'd go, part of you would be like, please do a guest set. And part of you would be like, please don't do a guest set. Yeah, yeah. I don't want one. you to steal our thunder. But they wouldn't. They would sit in the back. And then afterwards, they were very complimentary and very, uh, you know, the, comedy. Yeah. The guys who worked hard to uh, move up the ladder in comedy uh, or in sports, they have a respect for the guys who do it day in and day out. And the guys who didn't work all that hard, they're the ones who uh, who uh, blast a straw, blow right up the nose, and then chew up an hour and a half for no particular reason. Yeah. And that opinion brought to you by Conundrums, the drum set no one can figure out. Did you ever do Summerfest in I Milwaukee? did do Summerfest, oh. uh, and it was a— Outdoor a, comedy, the comedy tent. In a rainstorm. Oh, wow. I didn't mind in a rainstorm. <laughs> and I guarantee there was still at least a 90% capacity and at least 20 guys drunk on those giant popcorn barrels that they would fill yes. with beer. I'm going to go further. It was 110% <laughs> capacity because it was raining and we were in a tent. <laughs> sure. Of so course. zero people wanted to be in that tent watching comedy. It was me and Emo Phillips. Man, oh, ooh, that's a good double bill, you too. You know was the headliner? I opened, and I forget who the uh, the host was. I Who'd can... you study when you started comedy? Who'd you look out and go, My I'm going to do, do a little of that and a little of that, and then I'm going to find out who Jimmy Pardo uh, is? Richard Lewis, uh, Paul Reiser, and Robert Klein, with a little Man. bit of Don Rickles and Johnny Carson. Oh, boy, talk about a murderer's row. Those yeah. five right there. Those are the uh, – but I, I think at the end of the day, it's a lot of Klein and a lot of Richard Lewis. You think so? I think so, yeah. I had a lot of Johnny Carson. Yeah, yeah, Richard Lewis. I saw him work once. Interesting guy. I He's my hero. Yeah, and uh, he was on stage, and he literally grabbed his chest Uh-oh. at one point and went down to one knee. Wait a minute, he, is that true? He said, I think I'm having a heart attack. And he had the presence of mind to look his audience right in the eye and say, don't worry, I think this will be good for the show. Is that what he- <laughs> <laughs> How hilarious is Richard Lewis? He's one of the best.
Now listen, your jaw is yeah. that like a, you have a family because that juts out like the Oklahoma Panhandle. You got a jaw on you, buddy. I love that strong. I don't have a jaw. You do. Look at you. You're very kind. You, you, it's a big, strong, manly jaw. Does that run in the Pardo family? I didn't know I had one. It's I'm not say an no. Italian trait. I know that. Uh, I don't know anything about this jaw you speak of. Look at it. I can't. It creates the depth and the resonance that allows you to say something like jaw you speak of. And then it comes out like that. See, I can't do that. I got to go way in the back of my throat. I see. You grew up Italian in Chicago? uh, Half Italian, quarter Irish, quarter German. uh, But I think the uh, the Italian won out. You think so? (laughs) I think it did. Well, certainly. We we spent a lot of uh, time with the Italian side of the family. Well, that's good. And And yet you were drawn to Richard Lewis. And that, that, that testimony brought to you by Miserati, the Jewish sports car. Now, listen Don't to me. you think, Chet, that there's, uh, the Italian and the Jew is very similar in that they are both uh, full of angst? Yes, I do. I do believe they're extraordinarily similar. Here's the only difference I've ever been able to find, Jimmy, is that I believe guilt comes to Jews naturally, and Catholics pay a good amount of money to go to parochial school and learn it. Agreed. I believe that's the Right out of the act. Now listen to me. You came out here. Then after you, after you, so, so you, you cut your teeth, stand up in Chicago. That's right. Come out here, mm-hmm. doing stand up out here, standing up comedy. Yeah. How you get the Conan gig? Now this is this is now this is a tough thing. People don't understand. You, you're one of the best in the business at something that that is that is a hidden gem. It's it's like being it's like being the catcher who catches the knuckleballer. It's you warm up for television shows. No, I've well, only done Conan O'Brien. You, you've only done Conan. I'm not good at it. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> You're good for Conan. I'm good for Conan. You spent decades with him. I just uh, about no, like like what twelve no, years? No, uh, seven. Nine. Seven years. All right, I'm going to go with nine. Seven years. Well, listen, you're in sports. You're all about the numbers. You <laughs> That's right. I gotta, I'll uh, have my stat man, Dean, check that right, one out. I go to, uh, I was going to pull uh, the Elias uh, stat uh, company, <laughs> whatever right. they're called. Tony Garaffalo out with the xylocaine. <laughs> the Cubs are in trouble. Look at Garaffalo. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I'm not good at I'm good at, again, your word's not mine, uh, but accurate. I'm good at being a warm-up comic for Conan O'Brien. Right, right. Because I don't have to do the normal. There are men that are very, very skilled at being a warm-up. I am right. not. I do not have that skill. It's a. T- it is tough. I'm a stand-up comedian, and yeah. and to do the opening for Conan at that time that I did it, he wanted a stand-up comedy. How'd you meet? Uh, Andy Richter. Andy Richter. Andy Richter. Andy Richter recommended me like for the job. Rockford, isn't he? Somewhere around there. Juliet. No. Joli- no. Aurora. Aurora, Illinois. The Aurora area, I believe. Aurora. Oh, that's area. hard to say, especially for you, man. That would that would send. Tom Brokaw into a lather. Oh boy, he's having a tough time. He's having he's having a bit of a tough time right now. But hey, <laughs> I guarantee he's going to pull out of it. Who uh, gives better gifts between Andy and Conan? Uh, boy, uh, you know, uh, I, I I don't know if I received a gift other than just uh, their friendship. <laughs> Ouch! Oh, brother, I don't think I've received any gifts. That truth brought to you by Throwbacks, <laughs> the e-cigarette you light with a match. Now, now, wait, hang on. Now, that's it. I've never given them a gift either. So. Well, so, it's, hey, two-way street. That's right. I, it, I agree. It's, it's like 72 Oakland A's. You don't have to like each other. You just got to do the job. Right, huh? Right, exactly. Sure. I don't know anything about the 72 so, A's, but I'll take your word for it. Is uh, that Vita Blue? That is Vita Blue. Okay. Yes, that's that whole bunch. Yeah. Uh, 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 Joe Rudy, was it? Vita Blue? Yeah, they had, a, they had a tremendous ball club then. Oh, brother, Catfish Hunter. Yeah, sure. Look out. Brother Goose. That's right. Yeah. Now, listen to me. Uh, 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 what drew you to stand up? Uh, was there something in your in your childhood? Look, I'm not a dime store psychologist, but I know Italians, and I know you love the Jews. What? 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 
<laughs> what brought you to this? Did you sit up and watch a, uh, a comedian's another tonight? My show? parents would allow me to step and watch the show if a comedian was on. Yes. Wow. Uh, That's sweet. Uh, my mom and stepdad. Yeah. They. Uh, uh, my dad's a funny guy. My mom was funny, and uh, you know, I think it was. Uh, you know, I, you know, I mean, uh, you know other comedians. You know it's just kind of something you have to do. It's like, a, well, nowadays, I don't know why people are getting into comedy, because I listen to some comedians. I don't know what the hell's going on. But I know guys like you and uh, guys from your generation and Richard Lewis, everybody you named, they did it because there was like a little alien being inside of them that was not going to leave them alone right. until they got up on that stage. And think about the time, like, uh, even less so when I started, but certainly when they started, uh, there was two TV shows for them to do it on. That's it. So they weren't doing it to be on television, which a lot no. of today's kids are. They just want to jump into yeah, fame. The kids with their TVs. It's about fame. <laughs> it's about fame. Yeah. So how did – first of all, yeah. let's touch on that comedy album, Sprezzatura. Yeah, it was my latest. I uh, love it was that, number one on Apple uh, iTunes as well as uh, number three in Billboard, number one on Amazon. Man. It sold well. There, now, there's some stats you had under, uh, right under your thumb yeah, it there. It doesn't mean it was good. It you were ready it to fire. Well. <laughs> Well, hey, yeah. no, it doesn't sell well unless it's good. Eh, out of the box, something can sell pretty quick. Sprezzatura, yeah. like an Italian term, kind of some sort of kind of means like comfortable in your own uh, skin or you your know own style I, or something. I know what you mean, rehearsed to look improvised. Organized chaos. Organized chaos. That's what sprezzatura means to me, or at least what Is I that what you consider your act? I do. Wow, because that was certainly the Packers draft. This last weekend, organized chaos. You don't follow football, Chet. You don't follow football at all? follow baseball. You could give a crap about the Chicago Bears. Oh, no. In fact, grew up kind of rebelling against them. Really? Yeah. (laughs) How do you rebel against a football team? Just kind of pouted in my room while everybody else enjoyed the game. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I did. Oh, that's brilliant. That story brought to you by Hypnosis. Get rid of those redneck tendencies once and for all with Hypnosis. This is a real commercial. Hey, folks, if you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP. You might even know what it stands for, but what does it actually mean? Same goes for invoice or list price or dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing True Price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories before you even get to the dealership. True Car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, for all from the comfort of your home. And hey, uh, how do you know if your true price is a great price? Well, because True Car shows you what other people paid for that same car that you want. And your certified dealers know this, so they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. That was a real commercial. Let's talk about the podcast, because you were one of the original guys who got into it like 20-plus years ago. Uh, 12, 12 years ago. 12 years ago. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, what's a decade or two? How'd you slide into that? What what drew you to podcasts? My co-host, Matt Belknap, who I've been with for 12 years, was a fan of mine, came to me and said, uh, why don't we turn your live talk show that you're doing at the UCB into a podcast? I said, I don't know what that means. And he said, we'll figure it out. And then we started doing it at my dining room table, basically a radio show. People seem to like it. Here we are. Look at that. Yeah. Man, oh, man. That's what I, That's a man who understands uh, when a commercial break's coming at an inning break in a baseball game. That was the quickest I've ever you said it. You squeezed that in. It was the tightest I've ever described that was how impressive. it happened. What do you like about it? 
What do you like about the podcast? This, do you get to just ramble and the Belknap kid uh, handles all the other stuff? Belknap does all the behind-the-scenes nonsense, and uh, I just show up and talk and then uh, criticize uh, what he's not doing behind the scenes. Well, I tell you, that's exactly what I do with Gary because I don't uh, even understand uh, how a lot of the electronics of it works. Does if, Gary smile when I'm not around? I don't even know if it is electronics. Gary smiles once in a while, but you have to understand this. Just got married. Oh, is that true? Yeah, tough stretch for the kid. Oh, that's, what do you mean? Why is that tough, Chet? I, I, I enjoy being married. Well, of course you do. Imagine the woman who married you. She, she said, all right, I'm getting A, I'm getting B, I'm getting C, and I'm just going to accept that. Okay. Right? You understand what I'm saying? I don't know if I do. No? Really? I don't know if... I think she... I think she... I think when she was dealing with you, yeah. she said to herself, all right, look, I got, um, I got, a, I got a problem quarterback here. And I'm going to have to just understand that I got to be quarterback coach constantly. Okay, could you use a baseball analogy again? I don't follow football. Well, so I know what? what a quarterback is. I know what a coach is. You're a man. You have a look. Look at that incredible jaw. I know. I, I know you love this. <laughs> you jaw. have a football jaw. All right, the hell with it. I'm just saying your wife must have the, uh, the patience patience of uh, Job. She's the greatest of, uh, of Jewish influences. Listen, one of the best podcasters out there. Clearly, just you're crushing it. Uh, so let's get some tips from my listeners. Best decision you ever made for your podcast, besides Belk Dap. Uh, going, to a pay, going to a pay format. Pay format? Your own pay format, correct? Yeah, going to our own pay format. That's correct. Thepodcast.com. Right? Uh, yes, NeverNotFunny.com as well. They both lead to the same page. I don't know why. They lead you to the same. Uh, why I corrected you? Don't understand. I don't even understand uh, w- what any of that meant. But uh, you know, that's why I got. That's why I got my boy over there, Gary. Yeah, Gary knows it. He knows the ones and twos. All right. Speaking of marriage and speaking of podcasts, that was the last. Uh, the last no, no, we're going on. on. These are all podcast questions. Okay, listen. Oh, that's speak. a chunk of podcast questions. Okay. All right. You ready? Throw the chunk at me. Number two. Yeah. Does podcasting take more dedication than marriage? No. No, no, nothing. So? Marriage is uh... marriage takes the dedication. Yeah, yeah. You got to dig the spikes in. You yeah. got to foul a few off. Absolutely. All right. Is this baseball enough for right, you? Got to take you, some chin sometimes music. Sometimes you got to lean in and take one. No, yeah, you. that's right. Got to take one right in the side of the helmet. Get yeah. it in that ear hole. Let it ring for a while and go. Hey, hey. Next time it's her turn. But this time I took it for the team that's and right. occasionally for the kids. All right. Third podcast question. All right. You ever have to? Uh, if you ever have to shut something or someone down on the podcast, and I'm sure you've had some interviews that start to go a little bit south or a little bit weird. How do you do it? You know, we're lucky that I just say, uh, hey, let's stop talking about that. Or I'm, I'm able to... Uh, <laughs> you can do that. Yeah, our show's pretty loose. Our show's loose, so we, we can do that. So you can move right on. You can just say, hey, I'm moving on. Yeah, or, uh, you know, uh, with, you know take, let the guy rattle on and on, and then we'll take it out and post. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. We've only done that maybe twice in 12 years. I am going to have to find out if uh, about this whole post thing. What guest made you want to quit podcasting? Did you ever have one? No, I, nobody I ever made me Nobody. I, I once saw Dana Gould do stand-up comedy at the Improv, uh, and he did 10 minutes, and he bombed like I've never seen. Yet it was the 10 most brilliant minutes I've ever seen in stand-up. And he came off, and I said, that's the best 10 minutes I've ever seen. He said, he goes, well, I didn't get a laugh. I said, I don't care if you got a laugh. I know what's funny. And I went home, and I said to my wife, I just saw – there's no reason for me to do this. I just saw the best 10 minutes in stand-up comedy. Yeah, he's brilliant. So that's the only time I ever felt – why am I bothering? It's already being done way better than I'll ever be. Really? Yeah. So you said I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to de-emphasize stand-up and I'm going to use my conversational muscles. You have an affinity for speaking, I believe. Look at you here. This well, I, but, I still, but I still do. Thank you very much. That jaw, again, is coming into a black. Uh, <laughs> I do uh, – I still do stand-up comedy. Uh, but I'm just saying why am I bothering when Dana Gould – Right. 
listen, maybe Dan has never no, been funny guy in his life. I, I just thought this set was terrific. I understand. I went, I went to high school with a drummer who turned out to be a, a, unreal. Came out here and a, uh, like a studio musician. He's the, the, the head of jazz and percussion at Indiana University now. His name's Steve Houghton. I went to high school with him. Uh, worked his ass off, but he had a tremendous talent and affinity. And he had that affinity. I think that's what yeah. we lose out of the American dream sometimes. Is we say, hey, if you do, a, a, you know, work hard, you can get anything you want. No, if you work hard and have an affinity for something. There you go. Now you can succeed. Where did you go to college, Chet? I went to the uh, University of Wisconsin. U of W. Yep. Well, Wisconsin Badgers. I'm originally from Cheddar Falls, Wisconsin. Is that Madison? Uh, that is Madison. I see. <laughs> <laughs> that was the geography portion. Yeah, just outside. Wait, ge- wait geography's not brought to us by anything? Le- uh, uh, geography brought to you by Gorgonzona, the cheese made from cactus milk. <laughs> I almost got a, a Coca-Cola spit you take out of Jimmy take. Bardo. That's true. All right, final podcast Here question. We go. Last piece of the chunk. Uh, what was the most pleasantly surprising topic you ever talked about? Do you remember anything that just flew out of left field from a guest and you went, holy Toledo? You know, I, I don't remember a, a Or does to- it happen a, often? A topic. It happens often. But I, I, I was surprised. I had never met the actor Ty Burrell. Oh, yeah. Uh, so when he Funny came good. on, uh, I, was, I, was, I just thought, hey, he's a terrific comedic actor. Uh, he's also a really funny guy. Yeah. Same with Craig Bierko. These are guys that you don't think of in this world of being able to talk and be funny off the top of their heads, but they are. Wow. So you got them to you kind of uh, you kind of weaseled your way in and got a little something out of them. I don't know more. if I had to do any heavy lifting at oh, all. Oh, Jimmy Pardo, take some credit for God's sakes! No. You're not that Italian slash Jewish. It's time Ooh. for the fiery four. The fiery four. These are sports headlines and pop culture headlines, Jimmy. Ripped from today's headlines like a baby from a mother's arms in a low-budget crappy kidnap movie. Fire number one! Ah, uh, well, you don't follow football, but we'll try. Can Baker Mayfield do anything with the Cleveland Browns? Can anybody do I think it? he can. You I think, think he if can? he really puts his nose to the grindstone, he can't yet. Yeah, why not? It's Cleveland. They, they only got a, there's only one way to look there. That's up. I'm going to quote our president. What else do you got to lose? <laughs> Fire number two. Why does hockey work so well in Nashville? Music City, they're in the playoffs. I think think because the hockey stick looks like a tiny guitar. Oh, that, you know. know, A thin guitar. You have been able to summarize stuff in the teeniest, most beautiful, laser-like ways. Fire number three. Is it curtains for LeBron James? And the Cleveland Cavaliers took them seven games to beat the Indianapolis Pacers. Indianapolis Pacers, you've been to Indianapolis. Yeah. Nothing happening. Now they got that team. That's it. Yeah, if there's a way to get a NASCAR in that stadium, they'd be the happiest people uh, in the world. Probably. Can they make it? Wait, Do they I have said, it? Did I say NASCAR? I just meant a car. Any car. Those are Indy cars. You're just saying, no, Indy, oh, you mean uh, take a, you mean uh, literally build a roof over the Indy 500. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm saying they turn that into a giant 130,000 yeah. seat arena. That's right. All right, then maybe people will come. If you build it, maybe they'll come to Indianapolis. Fire number four. Yep. Should the White House correspondents uh, just meet in at Applebee's or, or is this sure. thing going to go somewhere? Or just relax and let the comedian be funny. Exactly. And What's going on there? Free speech, shit. I know. Hey, man, that's the First Amendment. Let you, let, let her do her job, and then you shut up the next day about it. How about that? Uh, plus, uh, you know, if I'm not mistaken, and I know this is important to you, having come up through the comedy ranks, I believe uh, 
they're getting a free dinner out of it. You get a free dinner, don't you? Just be quiet, neat. Eat, eat your chicken, enjoy a delicious, uh, I got to say, a dessert, right? I would think, yeah. It looked like Chris Christie was enjoying some ice cream <laughs> well, when they yeah, cut yeah. to him. He might be bringing his own, though. Yeah, but I, who doesn't like ice cream? <laughs> That's the fiery four <laughs> brought, to you, brought to you by Scantastic. Give yourself an MRI at home for one-tenth the price of those fancy hospitals with Scantastic. Now do you have any questions for me? I if, do. I, I, you I, do? I, Good, because uh, ordinarily I'd use this time to uh, to uh, blather on about how I believe that curling should be more of a national sport. But go okay. for it. Well, if you've ridiculous. got a pop quiz for me, I'm ready to take it. Okay, now I don't have my reading glasses. I'm going to try. You want mine? I don't know if they're going to help. What are they? They might. 150s, 125s. Two, uh, two twos? No. I'll be blinder. I'll be Mr. Magoo if I put those things on. Well, you act like I'm supposed to know that. What did I sneak up behind your optometrist? Question number one. All right. What Broadway legend played the warden's secretary in the original The Longest Yard? Broadway legend played the warden's secretary in the original The Longest Yard. These are all sports-related culture questions. Broadway legend in the original Longest Yard. Broadway legend Ethel Merman. Wrong. Bernadette Peters. Damn it. All right, you ready? <laughs> yeah, they, they, I don't know. I, don't, I can't know. What is the highest grossing sports film? Highest grossing sports film of all time? Of all time. The highest grossing sports yeah, film. Yeah, Bull Durham. The Blind Side. The Blind Side? Oh, brother. Name three movies, Chet. I'm 0 for 2. Yeah, you're not doing well. I got to dig in. You like Hang on. Up? Let me step out of the box. Get a little, get a little chalk on the bat handle. All right. All right, I'm back in. I'm digging back in. in. All right. I'm ready. Name three sports movies that won uh, Best Picture, uh, Academy Award Best Picture. Name three sports three movies. Three sports movies that won These Academy Award. These are sports. Award. I've done work uh, to come Hang here. on. Ra- uh, Raging Bull. One. No. No? No. No? Wait a minute. Seems like that should have been. No, I think he just won Best Actor. Really? Brother. Uh, Rocky. One. Now that's one. I'm Two. Now you got one. You got one with a very possible, maybe I made a mistake. Controversy with the scores table. There could be. There may be four. Maybe Raging Bull won. Seabiscuit. No. Well, what do you mean no like that? I mean no like that. That should have been. No wonder they they kicked you out of the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. That should have been a no more like this. No, but not bad. No, That should have been a no like that. They tell you. You just drilled me between the eyes with a fastball. You deserved. I did not. You say something as ridiculous as Rushback Pit. Seabiscuit's a good movie. I enjoyed Seabiscuit, but it's not Oscar worthy. Yeah, it it was nominated. I guarantee you, Seabiscuit was nominated for Best. Goes around the. All right, let me go. uh, I'm gonna have to go. You want some uh, hints? Not Le Mans, the other one. Ah, Le Mans. No. Auto racing movie. Uh, No, it is a it is a uh, a movie that involves racing. Oh, 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 uh, the bicycle guys. No, but that's my favorite movie of all oh, time, yeah. Chet. Breaking uh, Away. Breaking Away. It's not Breaking Away? No, it's a, that one best screenplay. Damn it. Uh, this oh, 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 Chariots of Fire. Chariots of Fire. Chariots of Fire. All right, what's the third one? Uh, According to my I, list. I'm going to have to go with Buffalo 66. It's another, uh, that's a good guess. That's not bad. Uh, it's another boxing movie. Well, brother, uh, let's go with uh, another boxing movie. Uh, didn't Danny DeVito star in one Million Dollar movie? Baby. A million dollars. I, I'm tired of you trying to get this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm out. Was that it? Here's the last one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, one uh, what's her name? Uh, Hillary Swank. Yeah. Yeah, she Here's won. the last question. Oh, my God. How long is this quiz? That's why I quit college. Bob Dylan's song, Hurricane, is about what boxer? Uh, Hurricane Carter. Reuben Hurricane Carter. Here's your choices. 
Ruben Hurricane Carter. Is it Ruben Hurricane Carter? <laughs> it's Ruben Hurricane Carter. Her, I wrote that. Please, I, I, right, I typed this. Hurricane Ray Leonard. <laughs> I typed this. Or Raging Hurricane Jake Lovata. <laughs> no, now give me your choices. I'm going to go with uh, Ruben Hurricane Carter. You're still right. Unbelievable. Still right. That pop quiz brought to you by Semi-Gloss Paint. Let some other sap risk it all on Glossy. Oh, brother, huge thanks to my guest, the always hilarious Jimmy Pardo. Man, he brought it today. If you haven't already, catch his podcast, Never Not Funny, available at podcast.com and nevernotfunny.com. And follow him on Twitter at Jimmy Pardo. Follow me on Twitter at Chet Waterhouse and my buddy, comedian Jeff Cesario at Real Jeff Cesario. And, of course, hey, man, I don't know if you've heard about this, but Shaq's got his podcast. Check that baby out. Man, he's a monster on it. He talks movies, music, whatever the hell he's thinking about, some gossip. He's got guests like Chris Weber and Gronkowski and Rob Riggle. Make sure you check out the big podcast with Shaq every Monday exclusively on Apple Podcast and the Podcast One app and PodcastOne.com. All right, folks, if you want more of me this weekend, I'll be calling the Michelle Wolf, Sarah Huckabee Sanders MMA battle for C-SPAN Sports. This is Chet Waterhouse reminding you to play with passion.